they have requested to interview someone for their head coaching job. Is he a current coach now? Yes. Did he get fired this year? Or he's just a coach now. He's a coach somewhere. He's a coach somewhere in the league. Okay. Please tell me they said Jason Garrett. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's back, baby. We did it. We spoke it into existence. We did it. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yep. Hey, idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Dude, is gone. Know, if this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Be the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of Birds vs. Boys in 2021. Both the Cowboys and the Eagles are eliminated from playoff contention. What a year to start a Cowboys and Eagles podcast. As always, eliminated KMS, now joined by eliminated Aiden. Uh, we will be going through the postseason and through the offseason draft, so don't go anywhere. Don't think just because the Cowboys and Eagles are eliminated that – Birds vs. Boys is being eliminated because it's not happening. We will be with you every single week, but we have a ton to get into, even though both these teams are eliminated. Hey, they kept it interesting to the end. I will give them that for a really bad team in a really bad division. I'll tell you what, these teams really kept it uh competitive in the in the most hilarious way possible that's that's the nicest thing i can say about them this season oh god yeah it was uh it was a ride a heck of a ride and we'll we'll do a uh a whole season recap at some time and and there there will be a a little recap at the end of this show but um let's let's stick to week 17 to start um Cowboys and Eagles and since the Cowboys played in the early window as Chris Hansen would say one o'clock uh against the Giants you want to start there Scott Hansen yeah Chris Hansen Scott Hansen same thing it's literally we're in week 17 and we are making the same mistakes that we made in week one we are just we epitomize these teams we, we just are have, we have assumed the identity of these teams you know how people say in relationships Sometimes you'll take on the traits of your significant other just because you you're start to look them like so them. Much. Or dress like them or act like them or pick up on their sayings. We're now doing those things, but for football teams. Here we are in week 17, though. All right, so you guys lost. You lost to the Giants. Let's start there and go in chronological order. So 23-19. Um, I, have one, I have one question for you right out of the gate before I even get into this game. Who led the Dallas Cowboys in rushing on Sunday against the Giants? Ooh, that is tough. Uh, I'm assuming it's not Zeke if this is a trick question. Was it Dalton? He took off a few times. Was it? Andy Dalton, 7 for wow. 48. Wow. In a playoff oh. game. In a, a bona fide playoff game. And Zeke, Zeke had 14 for 42. I, 
14 for 42. Yeah, the, the, off, the offensive line was uh, was back to their good old shitty ways on Sunday. But this game, it started out being a typical Cowboys-Giants game. I mean, back and forth, sloppy play, ugly, ugly play. Why do you even want to be watching uh, play? I responded to your girlfriend on Instagram. Her, she had a little like facing like this game is terrible. And I said, but predictable. And she said, yeah, it even put Aiden to sleep. And I was like, yep, that sounds about right. Everybody that was not involved should be asleep during that game. I did take a little snooze right there around the right there around halftime. I was like, oh, let me get this in before the witching hour, so I'm ready. I, uh, I but I'll tell you what. While I was asleep, I think my nap turned the tide because it was looking early on like a Giants blowout. First drive of the game, they drive right down the field, Sterling mm-hmm. Shepard touchdown, and they were kind of off to the races. And then Cowboys slowly worked their way back in. Yeah, and despite the Cowboys' defense, which I want to start with, I, I get like some people were saying they look fired up on the field. They look like they're they're savages out there. No, they looked like out of control, fucking wildebeests because they were just like dancing every fucking second they could. They would make uh, it would be second and you know nine, and they gave up a seven yard run. But they didn't give up the first down. They only gave up seven yards, and now it's now it's you know third and two, and they would dance like they won the fucking Super Bowl. Jalen Smith was out there doing his swipe. Jordan Lewis was doing I don't know what kind of dance, and it was just like it was one of those days right from the beginning where I knew this hot boys mentality, this fucking I play for the Dallas Cowboys, I deserve to have the star on my helmet, everything should be handed to me type fuckers were were out there. And I was just livid. I was just so sick of it. The the Jordan Lewis necessary roughness where he just launched himself after the play into the tight end should have been thrown out of the game, in my opinion. A week after what Jalen Smith did to Malata, I mean, if if their bad play on defense isn't enough to see how undisciplined they are, that should right there, the combination, Mike Nolan, who still has not been fired, um, should be fired not right now. Very low IQ football team. I think that was their biggest problem the all year. Effort you can Very fix. Dumb. Talent you can't fix, but you can you can hide some some parts of that. But it's just a low IQ football team. Week in and week out, we talked about it. One of the famous quotes, and Vince has a nice year in review, as you alluded to earlier, coming up at the end of the show. I'm sure one of the quotes on it will be when I said, hey, idiots, stop doing stupid things. And we just talked about it at the beginning of the show that we're just falling into the patterns of these teams. They do stupid things. I don't get the headbutt thing, but really there's a difference between I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to have some energy, trying to, you know, get everybody fired up. This is practically a playoff game, but you have to stay disciplined at the same time. So you can run around, like, you can yell, you can scream. I have no problem with that, but if if you're doing it after you just let them walk down the field on the first drive, who cares? It, it's you're not it's you're not concentrating that energy. You know, it's like Spider Man before he he really learned how to swing himself from building a, to building and didn't have control over the webs coming out of out of his mm-hmm. his his, uh, his hand. Like he yep. he had the power. He he had he was on the right track, but he didn't know how to guide himself. This team is unguided. They don't, they, they just, they're never going in the right direction. It's there, but, and that, yeah. And that starts from the top. That starts from Mike McCarthy. 
And speaking of Mike McCarthy, and I'll get back to some of these players later, but since we're talking about the top and we're talking about Mike McCarthy, did you see the non-challenged play? I did, yeah. Now, I am not as sold as some other people are that they would have won that. The league is in a place where they need to evaluate themselves. Referees are becoming cowards. I have always said you should go by barroom rules. If everybody in a bar says, hey, that looks like a catch, just common sense, just gut feeling, you're looking at it, you've seen the replay a few times, ah, yeah, that's probably a catch, then go with a catch. Not, oh, it was ruled a catch on the field. Do we have enough evidence to overturn it? Overturn it, I'm sorry. Just go with what you think is right. And the referees in this league have fallen into a pattern of saying, oh, it was ruled a catch on the field. And even though that looked like an incomplete pass, they won't rule it an incomplete pass because they don't have conclusive video evidence. They're scared to make the right call because it's not, quote unquote, conclusive. I agree with that, but I, I do think that play, he yes, you don't have to have your hands underneath the ball. His, his hands were on the side, and you can have that. The ball can touch the ground, and you still have control, but I feel like you can't use the ground to maintain control, which I believe Pettis did. So I do believe that if McCarthy throws that challenge flag, he wins that challenge. And even if you don't, I get it. You want all three timeouts, but, uh, you know, it's like you said, it's basically a playoff game. It's no holds bar at the end there. You, I mean, throw everything, throw the fuck. It's you're, you're six and 10. You're trying or six and nine at the time. You're trying to win a division, right? Apparently. Mm -hmm. Throw throw everything at the kitchen sink. If you have a chance to knock them out of field goal range right there, try, try, try. Agreed. Uh, so I will say that. So one, I think my issue, like I said, this is a bigger than a Cowboys Mike McCarthy issue. It's a league issue. Anytime it's a bang, bang play, they just go with whatever call is on the field because they're yep. spineless. But I will say this, even if they lose that challenge, like you said, throw caution to the wind. You're six and 10 trying to make the playoffs. Even if they lose that timeout, they still have two timeouts in the two-minute warning. It wasn't like exactly. they were running out of time. They, they, they would exactly. have ample time to get back down the field with some like with timeouts in pocket. It wasn't your last timeout. So why not go for it there? So I do criticize him in that sense where you were a little bit too cautious. I understand your caution, but you need to know time and place. And at this time, you know, it's also you have to think about the guys up top, right? Mike McCarthy wasn't right there next to it and say, nope, I'm not going to throw it. He, I hope, buzzed up and said, what, what, are, we, what are we doing here, guys? Mm -hmm. And either they were too slow or they thought it was a bang-bang play like you said. And that's kind of what he alluded to after the game in his press conference. He said, the guys looked at it, we talked, we thought it was too close, and that was that. Okay, but... Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think Jeff Kavanaugh, a friend of the show, tweeted that as well. Like, he's not the one who really makes that call. He may be the one who throws the flag, but someone upstairs is in charge. Multiple people are in charge of looking at this play, saying, is this worth challenging, and buzzing down to him to throw the flag. So it's almost like they're the brain of the operation. And again, I think it is stupid that they have to say, oh, it was a bang-bang play, so we didn't challenge this in a mm -hmm. practical playoff game because the league is too scared to overturn close calls. Go with what's right. Stop this. It's not conclusive enough. No. Just make sure you get the right call. It was an incomplete pass. I don't care if it's bang-bang. Everybody looked at it and said incomplete, and you know they would have came back and said catch. Like It's just ridiculous mm -hmm. to me. Des caught it, but... 
moving nah, on. Um, so one of our favorite guys, uh, players on the Dallas Cowboys, well, not favorite for me watching him play, but um, that we like to talk about, make fun of. He is definitely the leader of the, of the Dallas Cowboys clown crew uh, is Jalen Smith. And... I'm going to miss the clown crew, by the way. Like, <laughs> not talking about this. Like, uh, there's certain things about this season that I will miss. The clown crew, I am going to miss. They were, they were fun. A lot of them aren't going to be back. <laughs> no, most of them are not going to be back. And that's where I wanted to go here with Jalen Smith. He was asked after the game, do you think you're going to be back with the Dallas Cowboys next year? Do you think you are worthy to be back with the Dallas Cowboys next year. And guess what his answer was? I didn't see the quote, so I really don't know what was his response. Watch the tape. <laughs> so no. <laughs> so no, he will not be back with the Cowboys next year. I guess not. <laughs> was I he guess trying you don't to... want to be here. I don't... <laughs> yeah. There was there was more to the quote, like, you know, I'm my worst critic and my biggest fan or something and blah, 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 blah. But watch, okay, we've watched. I've watched 17 weeks. I've watched two years now. Um, I've watched you not be able to cover. I've watched you not be able to change directions. I've watched you um, dance, swipe, celebrate. There was, again, yesterday, he has this thing where he, he'll just, like, tackle a guy, and they'll throw P.I., and he's flexing. And then he looks and sees there's a flag. He's like, he just like slumps. And it's like, dude. And then he's like, what? I don't, what? Me? It's like, dude, you tackled him eight yards before the fucking ball got there. Yeah, yesterday that play wasn't even close. We call it in this city, we call it the old Jalen Mills try, where you're like, yeah, I knew I got there early, but I'm going to celebrate to see if I can catch this official off guard as if I didn't commit pass interference, even though I got there about eight yards too soon. But so, yeah, I, I'll it, say about him, just. What a dork. And him not being able to to switch directions and not having the speed is just a cautionary tale about playing in a meaningless, pointless bowl game to these 19-year-old kids. Don't do it. But everything else, the headbutts, the I see him promote on Instagram as if he's freaking Dak Prescott. Like he's the face of the franchise. That's to me. Sunlight cryo yeah all these different ads and fine make your money while you're here you are 25 that is fine but to me often at times and like the dancing yesterday with that weird go back and forth with the offensive lineman i couldn't even figure out what he was trying to do to me that good for that center yesterday because he was getting under the skin of all the dallas cowboys and Mm -hmm. it and and Bad on the Cowboys players for letting it work, but I don't know what the hell he was saying or doing, but kudos to him. Well, you know, you hate to see someone kind of damage and fracture the integrity of the game like that Giants player was doing. As someone who cares a lot about the integrity of the football game, I I can't sit here and stand for some late hits afterwards. Disgusting, kind of jumping in the pile on guys. Just got to think about the integrity here. And I'm sure I'm sure Joe Judge would, you know, would came come out right after the game yesterday and say that this my center just was unacceptable today with his lack of integrity of the game. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he didn't say anything else of the kind. <laughs> um, so I, all in all, I, I am happy the Cowboy. I'm happy McCarthy didn't 
throw the flag. I'm happy they ended up losing the game because, you know, if they would have won that game and then the Eagles had lack of integrity of the game and lost the game at the end, Washington won and they still lost the division. I mean, that that would have annoyed me so much. This show needed that to happen. I'm sorry, but that would have been the icing on the cake of yesterday. Let's if the Cowboys see. would have won and then if the Cowboys would have won and then we pulled the stunt that we did, I think I'd still be laughing. I'd laugh until April until the draft. I would <laughs> I would have loved you would have had some kind of outfit on. I can't even think of what I would have done. I would have celebrated. I have my Victory Monday shirt on for people watching on YouTube and people watching the clips. To me, yesterday was as good as a win as I'll get this year. It's the most fun I've had during a game, which is really saying something. But oh. that's what this show is missing. The Cowboys winning that game and oh. then being in that situation with the Eagles. That that would have that would have done it. That would have put me that would have put me hard down. This this uh this hunky dory like we're friends all the time kind of personality that we have would have went out the window real quick uh, if that time yesterday yeah. ended up. <laughs> See ya. Oh, that this would have been, been a movie very movie. hostile episode, dude. And I would have played right into it. I would have had you so fired up. Oh, so uh, let's let's get into that. So let's anything else with the Cowboys? Yeah, we're here. I'm Yep. 2319 they lose let me know where you're at and then we'll go into we progress to 820 yep so um i am thinking okay season's over i'm good with that um and it, it just quickly made me think as you were we were talking about Jalen smith we were talking about a lot of these guys are not going to be with the dallas cowboys next year for good for good and for good <laughs> because a lot of them I want gone. See you later. We'll talk about that as the offseason progresses. But it made me think of, of five guys, like five pleasant surprises for me with the Dallas Cowboys, which I will get into more as the offseason progresses, but five guys that really kind of surprised me this year in good ways. So I'll, you know, five to one. So five was Donovan Wilson, the safety. Played really well again yesterday, had that pick. Um, had a sack and then was really responsible for another Demarcus Lawrence sack. Um, so he's been kind of a bright spot in a safety world that has had no bright spots for the Dallas Cowboys in a long time. Um, as soon as they've kind of plugged him in for Darian Thompson, he's been such an upgrade. So I'm excited to see what the future may hold for him. Uh, for Connor McGovern, the guard we've talked to, we talked to Jeff Cavanaugh about him. He was highly touted out of Penn State. He was hurt last year. They took him in the second round. Everybody said he, you know, he has a chance and is going to be a good starter in this league. And then he kind of just disappeared. The Cowboys never talked about him. Well, he's been playing since uh, Zach Martin has been hurt and he's been playing really well. He needs to be the starting left guard next year. Connor Williams needs to go. Uh, he should be a backup. He can play center. He can play guard. He can play tackle and be a good backup. But he cannot deal with strength, and he gets bulldozed every freaking week. So we need to switch from Connor Williams to Connor McGovern. So Connor McGovern, number four. Number three for me, Neville Gallimore, the rookie defensive tackle from Oklahoma, has really been showing flashes the last couple weeks. Took him in the third round this year, and I feel like he is going to be a starter next year for this Dallas Cowboys defensive line. 
Uh, number two, Randy Gregory. We've talked about him a lot. His He did not take Daniel Jones from behind this weekend, but he played really well again. He The speed he has and everything that he's overcome to come back and play down the stretch the way he's played has been really impressive. And my biggest pleasant surprise this year has been Dalton Schultz, the tight end out of Stanford. Third year with the Cowboys, I believe. When Jarwin went down week one, uh, Cowboys fans were like, "That's." I mean, he was supposed to be our big playmaker tight end wise and Dalton Schultz hasn't done anything in two years. Uh, he comes in in that game when Jaron went down, went down and looked terrible ever since he has been a threat. He's been a problem Had 70 yards in Sunday's game. He's only the fourth tight end in Dallas Cowboys history to have 60 or more receptions in a season. So he's played really, really well. And I'm excited for the two tight end sets that they can run next year with him and Jarwin. And if I had an honorable mention, it would be Trayvon Diggs. Uh, up and down season for the rookie he was hurt, um, but he battles, and I feel like he has a chance to be a very good starter in this league. So uh, those are in a in a season of six and ten of not making the playoffs of really bad play of clown crews. Those are some bright spots um, I look forward to. I agree. I liked Randy Gregory and Dalton Schultz probably the most of that list. Thought they played well for two guys i guess gregory's not considered young he's just been gone for a while uh i wish i could participate i legitimately can't think of five bright pleasant spots and that's not me being cynical like while you were doing that i was trying to at least think of a few with this joke and can't i cannot do it i can't (laughs) so let's let's progress there so cowboys lose so we it's 8 20 we're at the point where either Washington wins and they're in or the Giants are going to be in. If you're the Giants fan, you kind of have to be a little bit nervous at that point. The IR list for the Eagles, as it always is, was incredibly long. There weren't many starters playing. I believe we were at double digits by the end of, of, uh, of the end of the day, Sunday going into the game. And Alex Smith was playing. Which that was one of the funniest games I have ever witnessed. I'm so glad it was on national TV for the whole world to just witness the circus that is the Philadelphia Eagles. When people think I complain, you think like I'm just like out of my rocker watching this team and complaining about them every week. Now you see how justified I am in everything that I said about this team. I, I that was I saw the a meme on Twitter today that it was from that movie Bird Box where the guy holds the 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 person's eyes open to watch and it's like mm-hmm. the NFL forcing you to watch the NFC East on national TV. That of all the people who deserve blame, the Eagles themselves are very far down on the list. One person who should be in front of it, the NFL. Why would you like you were the one who flexes game into primetime? You could have just put it Rams and Cardinals, called it a day, and the winner would have went to the playoffs, you know? Especially yep. the, the Bears lost. So both teams had a very good shot. <laughs> you would have subjected that to us. Like that's what you even put, you could have just you could have even had the fucking Broncos and Raiders. That was a better game. It was a better game with no playoff in- implications, but it's just like you were the one who signed up for the Eagles playing for nothing and putting them on prime time. Not us. NBC, NFL, this is your fault. Like, Do you think we care? Do you think we owe Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels anything? 
Who cares? And Washington, another person who deserves blame. We were handing you a win, begging you to take it, and you would not do it. It was like the scene in SpongeBob where Mrs. Puff is so tired of SpongeBob failing his driving test that she just makes up a new test that is so easy that even he could pass. And even then, he couldn't pass an essay to get his driving test. It was like a 10-word essay, and he couldn't do it. It was that equivalent for Washington last night. They were so bad. Like You should genuinely, if you're watching the football team, it's a feel-good story, but that was embarrassing for you. I'm not embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that you struggled with that. It was uh, because, again, in the beginning, sort of like what you said with the Giants and the Cowboys, I believe it was 10-0, right, to start Washington. You're like, all right, well, here it is. This is how we thought it was going to play out. If Alex Smith plays, Eagles don't want to win this game. Nobody's playing in this game. Washington's going to run away with this. And then they were like, eh, maybe not. Yeah, so let's continue with that timeline. Like you said, so it's 10-0 early. Yeah, Mm. they're like, eh, I don't know if we want to win. So let's continue with our timeline kind of sequence that we've been doing here. The Washington football team, I almost slipped up. They slipped up multiple times last night. It was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they go up 10-0. Jalen hurts the savior, throws an interception. Hate to see it. Um, and, and you think, okay, well, this makes sense. And then it wasn't even like they were sleepwalking. The Eagles were just playing very hard and I don't blame them. It's a bunch of guys like Alex Singleton, who just plays hard, gets 10 tackles a game. Jalen hurts. Like he's playing for the position of starting quarterback for the next half decade. So you, you can't really can't, blame never, those guys. He's never really ever played probably in his life in a game that didn't mean any. Well, there's some of those games in Alabama, but there were always big games. There's always played to win. Yeah, you always play to win and you're competitive. You're all competitors. It's really hard to go out there and loaf. They they weren't going to go out there and loaf. And we talked about that on the previous show. And I believe we talked about it on branded radio. If they lost, it wasn't because they weren't going to try. It was because of lack of talent. And it was trending that way. But that's what made it so embarrassing for, for, for Washington. We were trying, but we were also so depleted that that was embarrassing that you were struggling with that. So they turned it over multiple times. Jalen Hurts was making plays with his legs. I'd like to get into his final stat line. The savior of the future had a completion percentage below 50% again. It's almost like the receivers and the offensive line matter. But it's 10 nothing, and then all of a sudden it's 14-10. <laughs> and you're Yo, thinking, I, I was like, oh my yeah. God. I was so frustrated. I am not team tank, but there is an obvious difference between six and nine. Nice. But it's just, I was, especially for teams that are trying to trade up for a quarterback. And I don't know if we're going to be that team that's trying to trade up for a quarterback. So the value there, I just, I could not believe that Washington was struggling that much. Now let's fast forward to the fourth quarter. I thought it was poetic justice that the season for the Eagles really ended on a ridiculous fourth down attempt that was so unnecessary and so uncalled for and made no analytical sense from Doug Peterson and ended the ball skips two feet in front of the receiver. They could have taken the field goal, tied it at 17, and went into the fourth quarter for the rest of the quarter in a very competitive game, and they didn't. (laughs) <laughs> it, they put in Sedfold, and it was over from there. 
I tweeted when Sudfeld just chucked it down the field after the timeout. Doug was on the sideline with him, like, you want to run? Fuck it, fuck it. He's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I I genuinely feel bad for him because he was put into a position to fail, and it's ironic. So now you've put a third quarterback in a position to fail. You hit the trifecta this year. You've made sure that every quarterback failed, and every quarterback here got blamed for all of your issues that you have created as a franchise. And he was put in there with a lot of bad players, and he'll take all the blame for the loss. He'll always get that will always be the Nate Sudfeld game. This was a guy, you know, and it's just like, why even keep this dude around? You don't want him to be get backup quarterback. That's why you drafted Jalen Hurts. That's why you brought Nick Foles back. You've never believed in the be backup quarterback, yet you just keep keeping him around. What's the point? Either he's going to be groomed into the backup quarterback or he's not. So just last night, I think that was the end of his time here because, again, we'll get into it with Wentz. Why would Nate Sudfeld want to come back to that? No chance, especially after that. I, I think the the only better way that this this division finish could have finished was Cowboys Eagles playing, and it was Nate Sudfeld versus Ben DiNucci, and both teams were just trying to lose. <laughs> and it ended nine to six. <laughs> that would have been the best. But I I genuinely respect the way it ended. In the worst division in football history, it could not have ended in a better sense. Washington wins 20 to 14 to fill out the timeline of what occurred. I believe Nate Sudfeld turned it over twice in the final quarter. We turned it over three times overall, completely just folded up shop and left. And it it was, it it could not have been a better ending to the NFC East this year. I will say though, that Epps interception was very impressive. Fantastic. I was, I said to my wife, like before we got there, I'm like, Oh my God, the running back's going to die. And then Epps hit him, and then I was like, "Did he pick that off?" <laughs> yeah, like, he picked it off. Laid a hit and picked it off. It was it was quite impressive. Really was. Maybe he's a player. Hopefully, he's a player. Who knows? But let's get to the fallout after the game because I think this is where it all lies. I let's be serious for one second. I I can't even be serious. It is so laughable the fake outrage on social media where uh, anytime something happens, people just have to be outraged. Just fucking relax. Like Seth Joyner, I've never been more ashamed to be associated with the Philadelphia Eagles than I am tonight. Really? Because the 15 games where they tried were 10 times more embarrassing. Losing and giving up 37 points to your biggest rival in a game that was essentially a playoff game with the division on the line is more embarrassing. Playing for a tie against the Bengals is more embarrassing. Blowing a 17-point lead in week one to Dwayne Haskins in Washington, who's not even in the league anymore, is more embarrassing. Nate Gary guarding Chase Claypool with the game on the line to give up his fourth touchdown in the game is more embarrassing. This team is pathetic, and it has nothing to do with them tanking a meaningless Week 17 game because the 15 games they played before that were an absolute shit show where they have nothing to look forward to but a $71 million hole, a QB controversy, and a GM who can't draft. Who cares what they did last night? This team was embarrassing from September to December, and last night was the first time they actually did something right. Go off, King. <laughs> there you go. I just I just hate that. It's not just an Eagles thing. It's not a Cowboys thing. This fake outrage on social media is just ridiculous. 
And all and all the players from the Giants tweeting, they're like, "I can't believe, are you kidding?" Uh, uh, Golden Tate, this is the this is the most obscene uh, anti-integrity thing I've ever seen in the end. Like, bro, same guy that got suspended four games for PEDs. Is that you? <laughs> yeah, Mister Integrity missed four games because he had he was on steroids. Are you kidding me? It's Win just, more fucking games then. Win. That's my that's my that's my biggest thing. So. We saw a situation in the AFC where a team that was almost a double-digit win Dolphins team did not make the playoffs. And if they would have won, an 11-win team would have not made the playoffs. That If if we would have cost them a spot, I'd have been like, yeah, you know, like that that is messed up. This is a 6-10 Giants team. They scored 27 points through week 14 through week 16. They had an 11-point lead with five minutes left against the same Eagles team. And blew it and choked again, as they do to us every single year, it seems, since the miracle in the Meadowlands. And now you're you mad at us. You, yeah, you win that game, you win the division. You win any of these games that you lost. You lost 10 times. You had double-digit losses. Nobody has sympathy for you. Lost it, yeah, lost to the Cowboys in a close game at 37-34 after Dak went out. So you're playing a backup quarterback who comes in cold. And you just flat out couldn't get the job done. Guess what? You're a loser. You're. We may have tanked, but it's. A, don't be mad that we destroyed your season. You destroyed it. You lost double-digit games. You sucked. You invested in Daniel Jones, and he wasn't good enough. This is Evan Ingram, who's going to a Pro Bowl, has some of the most drops in the league. This is on you. You have neglected the offensive line for years. This is on you. Who cares what the Eagles did? You lost. You're a loser. And what the fuck do the Eagles owe the Giants? Nothing. We're supposed to take the ninth pick instead of the sixth and possibly somebody trading up for a quarterback. So we could for for what? So you guys can complain about the integrity of the game after you spent 16 weeks laughing at the Jets for doing purposely doing what they were doing, tanking for Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars have been tanking my entire life. I have they get a top five pick every year and fucking blow it to the point that they've now ended up falling ass backwards into Trevor Lawrence. That hurts the integrity of the game. I said the same thing when the when the Sixers were tanking because they had a plan. The Knicks, who go out every year and they're in the lottery and never get better and have no plan, that's what really hurts the league. Not some team tanking a meaningless Week 17 game. It happens in every sport. It happens in baseball. Uh, the, the Baltimore Orioles literally put out a minor baseball team because they traded away everyone and were starting fret. Like, and that was a season-long tank, like just like the Sixers did. Yeah. The I, Miami Marlins, they they do that, they do it quite often where they, they don't have the resources to pay people. So uh, going all the way back to like 1997 with Josh Beckett, like some of those names that were on that team. Milky Cabrera was on that team, I believe. It was then they traded him to the Tigers. They don't have the money to resign these guys. So they just trade these players for more prospects, get really bad, get more prospects out of it, and then good good again. This and win this, win a World Series and then trade everybody away again. The, the tanking issue in sports is the most hypocritical issue because it happens all the time and people pick and choose when they want to be mad at it. And if you're picking and choosing, like if you're if you're mad about this week 17 Eagles performance, if this is the most outlandish, outrageous, asinine thing that ever happens to you in your life, guess what? You're gonna end up living a pretty swell life. How about your boy Dan Orlovsky too? Just and just g- going back, 
never notes out. I know Barstool and part of my take talked about today. Never notes out because guess what? There is always a tweet for something. Yes. So they go back and find the tweet, and I like Dan. If you listen to him, he he called the the Orange Bowl the other night between North Carolina and Texas A and M, and he did a great job. He he knows his stuff, but don't have a tweet saying people should tank for Trevor Lawrence and then get mad because we made a mockery of the game. We didn't. Like <laughs> we just they made him anything. You made a mockery of a quarter, not a game. <laughs> made a mo- yeah. We we quit on the fourth quarter of a week seventeen game. Sorry. They forgot to put their fours up. They apologize. We didn't put the fours up. Yeah. Which is like the most over overdone trend in football these days. But no, so that is uh for that to be the, the take today and right. some of the takes on social media, just I, I, I can't get over them. Uh, it, the biggest one, Joe Judge. So before we recorded, this came out. It's it's only about an hour old as of recording. Uh, so to give you the spark notes of what he said. He is upset with the Eagles. He thinks that his team opted into a season that was tough because of the coronavirus. All right, you got me there. Like, that's fair. And they had to buy in, and it was a tough season. And he gave it his all as a coach. He asked for it in return, and his players always gave it in return. I guess you're just not talented enough, and that's why he won six games since he gave it every week and still only won six games. So he is mad at the Eagles because they didn't give it their all the entire year like the Giants did. And we are disrespectful for benching Jalen Hurts against the Washington football team. And he says, I can't believe that we would do this and fracture the integrity of the game when we have these players who they had to miss Thanksgiving dinner and cancel their Christmas plans because they had to buy into this season only for the Eagles to sell out. Hey, pal, welcome to fucking America and U.S. and 2020. Oh, Nobody got to do Thanksgiving dinner. Do you think a nurse gives a shit that you lost a football game and you didn't make it to the playoffs? You bought in and didn't get to go to Thanksgiving dinner, only to go 6-10? and 10. What a loser. What an absolute loser. For him in year one to be criticizing Doug Peterson, who has a diamond ring on his finger – you are half of the coach that he is. You have one season and went six and 10. It took Doug five years to be as bad as you were. What an absolute bum loser. You deserve to be six and 10. It's obnoxious. It's obnoxious. It's ridiculous. I'm only, I'm just, I'm just glad that the Cowboys were not in this position <laughs> because I'm glad <laughs> I didn't have to hear fucking Clown Smith and Demarcus Lawrence and those guys complaining because God knows what they would have been saying. I would have paid. I would have donated to a charity of Jerry Jones' choice <laughs> to hear what he would have had to say. <laughs> if the Eagles screwed the Cowboys over, I would have flown to Dallas to be front row for the Jerry Jones press conference <laughs> to hear what he would have to say about that situation that would have been top level comedy i'm so happy i am so fucking happy they lost that game i really wish you guys would have won if we would have screwed you over oh my god (laughs) that would be the cherry on top that was the only thing yesterday was missing and they would have moved i think till 11 to oh god thank god (laughs) i will take the top 10 pick 
and you're angry more at the Giants right now than me. So I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, the Giants being mad. Yeah. I just can't get not, It was out there that the Eagles were gonna play Sudfeld at some point in the second half, just because yeah, it didn't it, happen right at halftime. And I, I think are, so. This is like classic Doug Peterson own organization with his plans and he i genuinely don't think he he meant to for this predicament to happen he probably was like oh we'll be behind by so much in the fourth quarter that i'll just let sudfeld get the last quarter it happens in spring football all the time your starter will play a few series and preseason football too starter gets a few series your backup quarter got back's gonna get most of it and the third string guy gets the last quarter that's what he was doing he probably didn't expect washington to be struggling so much I, I just, as much as I always like to rag on the, the Eagles and their trash organization, the only trash thing last night that they did was T.Y. fucking McGill or whatever the fuck his name was. At the end of the game, fourth and one gets caught off sides and then he dives into fucking Alex Smith's leg. I know you're going to say it wasn't, wasn't that malicious. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe this dude just sucks that bad and that maybe he's crazy. just that dumb, which he could be, and then the Eagles give him a extension today um but go to my twitter at kms22 check out my tweet that went viral today of this fucking loser diving in alex smith's leg at the end of the game after he fucking he was he was an eagles hero because he jumped off sides and basically won them the game or lost them the game which won them the draft pick and then he fucking dives into alex smith's leg i it's just like laughable. Just the sequence of events that have occurred since this game. Him getting a contract extension today, just like is the perfect cherry on top for the past twenty four hours. That was his so, thank you from the Eagles for going <laughs> on. Like, yep, he completed the tanks. So they gave him a contract extension. Just unbelievable. I, like I said, I don't think it was as malicious as you think. He, he, it was idiotic. I just don't think it was malicious. So if you watch, he he definitely jumps off sides like an idiot. The offensive linemen jump up, so he goes forward because he doesn't realize that they didn't snap the ball. They're just reacting to his dumb decision to jump off sides on fourth and one and dives it thinking he's going after the quarterback. He's absolutely an idiot, deserved that penalty. It was the perfect cap to the NFC season for it to end on an offsides for T.Y. McGill, who – Congrats on making up for the practice squad for one week. North Carolina State. <sighs> yeah, that's and that's that is a very fitting way for this season to end. Putting putting this division on Sunday Night Football to end the season is the most fitting 2020 thing that's yet to happen. I say this. Uh, I've been saying it a lot this year with just consequences. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. You signed up for this, and we had our own agenda. This is totally on you. Welcome I, to our the world. bottom of our heart, we do not care. Sal Palantonio, Mr. I think I'm Philly. No, pal. Nobody, none of us here care. They're not do an investigation and then do an investigation into every other team that's tanked in the past. Like if we lose a draft pick, I am going rogue against the i will be the next guy like uh when the barstool guys got arrested in front of the nfl office that'll be me if we lose yeah. a draft pick for this i will legitimately be pissed they needed to see wanted to keep subfeld around next year had to put him in a game Which, has he ever been in a in a live game situation that's not been preseason 
twice, and they're both week 17. So this was just his week 17 where a uh, yearly appearance. <laughs> it just gets a spot. You know, like guys have radio spots. He has a week 17 spot. <laughs> what the fuck's the problem? Yeah. He he threw one touchdown pass uh, after we clinched against Washington in 2018. He threw his first touchdown pass. And then Nelson Aguilar threw his first touchdown pass ball into the stands. <laughs> I genuinely feel bad. Like, <laughs> uh, where'd he? Is he Northwestern? Where'd he play college ball? It might have been Northwestern. I forget. Probably. Producer Vince seems like Northwestern that. guy. Uh, Nate went and asked for the ball back from the. Kid. And that was oh. the best part. <laughs> Nate Sunfield goes to the kid. It, Aguilar throws the ball in stance, gives it to some little kid, and Sunfield goes uh, over and asks the kid for the ball. <laughs> I love this. I'm the kid. I'm like, what do I get? Yeah, he got. I think he got a bunch of stuff from it. He went to Indiana University. Indiana. I knew. Yeah. I knew it was. It was Big Ten West. I knew it was a team that plays on ESPN two at noon all the time. <laughs> Just couldn't remember which one. It was Purdue, Northwestern, or Indiana. You see Eli too tweeting or anything. And what Eli's like trying to become Peyton, I feel like, on social media and stuff. And before the game, he's it's, like, I don't know what to wear for the game. Do I wear my jersey or my birthday suit? And I'm like, why, why are we watching the game naked, Eli? He's the, he's the least funny person of all time. He has no personality. There's nothing you can do to make him just, uh, just enjoyable on social media. And immediately Fletcher Cox dunked on him saying, we don't like you either. And, you know, uh, like the Giants – uh, beat us once you know like you beat us once this year and it's the first time i remember them winning since 2016 it's just ridiculous yeah i, I can't get over it. like they lose all the time i don't even consider them a rival at this point hopefully this starts yeah, a rival even with the even with the cowboys too i mean this is the first time they beat the cowboys in eight games yeah uh, welcome the to the show this would have been the fourth year in a row they swept them you know how entitled you have to be to lose to your rivals, every, get swept every single year by your rivals, win one time against them, and then bitch and moan that you didn't make the playoffs at six and ten. You have to be an all-time loser, like Saints throwing themselves a parade for coming in fourth place loser level after this week. Such losers. But no, I, yeah, I I have to say I'm on your side for this one. I'm on the Eagles side. I mean. Who fucking cares? They they were gonna do what they did. Who I mean, I feel like I feel like if uh, Sudfeld threw like a touch a, a pass to fucking JJ Ortega Whiteside, and he was streaking down. Doug would have ta- would have like ran out on the field and tackled him. I legitimately. That- <laughs> I think I think of all the funny tweets from last night. One came from Ruben Frank that was just – it was mean, but it was hilarious. He tweeted, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside ties his career high <laughs> and catches in a game with two. <laughs> what a joke. This franchise is a joke. It's just sad. And I think uh, – didn't Howie say in the press conference today that they're looking forward to Jalen Rager and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside taking big strides this offseason for the team next year? Yeah, he said, uh, obviously, we don't have our head in the sand, and we realize that other receivers in the league have been better, uh, understatement of the century. But he says it's early, and he expects more from Jalen Reger, who was retweeting birthday wishes in the 
in the locker room at halftime because he left with a head injury. I tell you, this kid's just dumb. He's fast. He's explosive. He's just dumb, man. You know, I don't. I hope he figures it out. But he's just dumb. But yeah, that that Howie press conference. I, I tweeted it from Brandon, but it was definitely the Michael trying to fire Creed episode. Where he's like, "I need to Creed. You are, you're bye." Yes, <laughs> and he's fight. like, "We can fight this." <laughs> he's like, "I need yeah. to fire someone." They told me he's like, "Then fire someone else." Then fire someone else. Yeah, that's what Howie does. He, he just, uh, I, I'll never forget that article of them being like, "He's self-preserving." If you're mm-hmm. self-preserving in a quarter and that's your best trait, that's scary. Yes. But uh, my favorite part of the press conference was him stating, I deeply regret that quarterback factory comment. Yeah, don't we all, pal? You no, made us mockery no that. Yeah, no shit. So uh, speaking of press conferences, I'll just get into a few last things. Carson Wentz didn't talk to the media today. I mean, if you're mad about that, why would he talk to the media? Why why does the media deserve anything from him? They don't. They don't. As a starting quarterback, you're contractually obligated to talk to the media. He did so every week. He, he went up there and, and took the brunt of it for this entire team and all of their flaws for multitude, multiple years. Why would he do it now? Um the reports yesterday, I, I can't say I didn't see him coming. Like, why Why would you want to be here? They've done nothing to help him. And people, uh, there's less outrage about the him not talking, but there still are people who won't talk. And I just don't know, like, what you want him to go up there and say. You know, like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, what, what is going to change with him talking to the media and the reports that came out yesterday? So really, like, he's going to go in there and he's going to be like, what? He's gonna he's gonna go what would he have cleared up in that press conference? He's gonna go up there and say the, the guy who says God bless after every yeah. press conference was gonna go up there today and be like, you know who's a real dick sometimes? Doug Peterson. Really hate that guy. It wasn't gonna happen. Can't wait to get the fuck out of this shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Peace out, losers. <laughs> it's just it wasn't gonna happen. It wasn't gonna clear anything up. I, I don't know why people are mad about that. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't understand why why would he ever in his wildest dreams want to go up there? And why would you even want him up there? Who like just let the let 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 the man be, okay? He went from the the second overall pick to should have been an MVP to winning a fucking Super Bowl. But that was taken away from him and watch his backup win it and watch half of the uh, city fucking fall up with another guy and then just taking hit after hit after hit until losing his job to a mediocre backup quarterback who is apparently the next. Just let the man be, okay? Let him ride off and win a fucking yeah, let, somewhere else. Yeah, let this play out. Let him figure it Let the team figure it out this offseason. There's nothing that he could have said yesterday that would have changed anything. He... he Went out there with a bad offensive line every every week this year. Got killed. Got beat up for it. And you know he took all the blame and got none of the credit. And I, I genuinely feel bad for him. He's shocker here, but he's my favorite player. He's my favorite Eagle ever. Um, it, it's it's a real shame that we're at this point. And that, I guess that's my last point to finish off the timeline. 1.30 a.m. last night, and Ertz, Kelsey, and Wentz are just, like, sitting there on the bench. And, I mean, and then Ertz crying in the press conference. You can 
you can tell like this this is over and to just be at this point and sad i know i've been laughing and it, it's funny that they tank but to be in the situation where you're going to lose all three of those guys not just not just good football players culture changers for this franchise and just all around really like really great people before and i before i, I say on. something sentimental about them who was that andy reed with them <laughs> i don't he's I don't know his official role. He might actually be head of security, but if you see him, he's always with Doug Peterson. So he he's just like a massive bodyguard that follows Doug P everywhere. But he's like cool like, guys. What's the situation here? Do they like call Jeff Laurie and be like, "Listen, we got to leave the lights on. The guys are still out there. Don't don't shut the lights off." I guess. Yeah, it wasn't like there was anything for the the uh, people to clean up after the game. Like there weren't fans there, so. Yeah, but that that was a solemn scene, you know. Watching yeah, your heroes no, just sit there at one thirty in the morning, like we've all been there. Like, you know, like you and your college friends have sat up until four a.m. and talked about the good times and realized, like, when that sun okay. hits, it's probably over. And that's mm-hmm. where they were at as friends. And like to watch that, for it to be over this quick, it's and, you know, and like and over like it went, not just you know mm-hmm. ride off to the sunset together type. And as a Cowboys fan, three guys that. If you can't, if you don't respect these three guys, even as a Cowboys fan, then you then you're a freaking you're a loser. Um, Dom DeSandro, security head of security, but he was you know these three guys. You have to respect them, and I enjoyed watching them play as much as they fucking killed my Dallas Cowboys. Ertz always killed us. Kelsey just dominated our defensive line. So. It, it sucked. I hated it, but they're, you know, they're good football players. And like you said, good human beings. Um, but I have a funny breaking news story here for you. I, I just, I'm ready for your reaction here to this. Oh God. Uh Oh, you got to bring me back up. Cause watch honestly, watching that clip. Like I'm sad. This, this, yeah. like... um, we love the chargers too, because the chargers always like to charge her, right? They are kind of like, like the, yeah, they're step below the Falcons of what they do. They try to win games, but never can win games. So from Ian Rappaport, um, they have requested to interview someone for their head coaching job. Is he a current coach now? Yes. Did he get fired this year? Or he's just a coach now. He's a coach somewhere. He's a coach somewhere in the league. Okay. Please tell me they said Jason Garrett. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's back, baby. We did it. We spoke it into existence. We did it. I will be tuned in. This is now a birds versus boys pro equals chargers podcast. Bro, it, it's birds divided by boys equals chargers. <laughs> I cannot wait. If they fuck. Can you imagine if you're Justin Herbert right now? Just be like, nope. No, 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 no. Yeah, what, what? when do you get say? Like, you know, eventually all quarterbacks eventually get the power to kind of make these decisions as a star player, or at least have a say in the decision. When does Justin Herbert get say? <laughs> the the oh. comment of, of this tweet of the impractical jokers slapping in the background is just hysterical. Oh, I can't true. I can't think of a better combination than the Chargers, who are just the West Coast Falcons, yeah. and Jason Garrett, who constantly goes eight and eight. Nothing oh. is better than that combination. Nothing. Oh my god. That's I crazy. I would I want him back in this league as a head coach and 
That would absolutely be perfect. I will watch the Chargers every week. No doubt about it. <laughs> that four <laughs> o'clock window where that's usually when you take your nap. And I, I miss the I miss wow. Philip Rivers being there and him throwing 50 times in the second half because yeah. they're down by 14. Yeah. I miss that. And I think Jason Garrett can get us back to that point. Them losing 27-24 after they let a feverish comeback to get it to that point, and then the kicker misses a field goal. It's perfect. It was it's perfect late window, as Scott Hansen would say. Scott Hansen. We did it. A perfect end to an imperfect season. So, Kevin, do you have anything else? I, I think I'm ranted out. I'm bummed about my heroes being on their way out. Anything else from you? I think that's that's all I got. Is producer Vince gonna pop in at all at the, for the end of the show? I hey, did, there he is. Something. Okay. All right. So, Actually, well, so well, we need you here because we can't leave without doing our our, our power rankings. The last time before we go into the playoffs, and you are the TikTok superstar as we know. So we need you in here to do that before we we hit the end of the show. Put a bow on. First, this tweet from John Clark today is a quote from Doug Peterson. My relationship with Carson has has been good. It's been professional. We've communicated. So all three of us are in long-term relationships, correct? Mm-hmm. How often have you described your relationship as good, professional, and how often have you brought up your communication? Probably not often, right? That sounds like uh, if you're in uh, couples marriage therapy. Counseling. Yes. Marriage counseling, yes. And they're like, well, have you communicated? Oh, we've communicated. Yeah. We talk. That was my thoughts exactly. That these are the words of someone who was in a bad relationship, and they're trying to tell everyone this is the equivalent of the couple that posts like sixty thousand pictures on Instagram. They're like, everyone, look at us, look how cute we are, but they can't stand each other, and they're fighting all the time. Yeah, yeah. if you hang out with them in real life, you're like, I can't stand these people. All they do is argue. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That was my one thing I had. Thank you. I yeah. I mean, that is a. Uh, it's the he put in the bare minimum. So th- that's exactly why Carson Wentz avoided the press conference. What did you want him to say? Yeah, I put up with him for the past three years. <laughs> I haven't liked them in about 18 months, but yeah, yeah we're here. Right. Thanks, He's guys. Like, we get along. <laughs> we get we we uh, it's like the uh the last dance where they're like, Yeah, we didn't like Michael Jordan, but we won. So we put so. up with Michael Jordan. <laughs> Exactly. Carson or Doug? What's that? Is Doug Michael Jordan here? You're trying to compare Doug to Michael Jordan? No, I think Doug would be Scotty Pippen. All I know is Howie Roseman is the GM who fucked everything up in the end. Every every end of every great dynasty ends with the GM screwing it up for the people mm-hmm. who actually do the work. Yeah. Oh, you mean like Howie's Jerry Jones? Yes. How is the fat guy that they made into the cigar fat alien from Space Jam? Yes, Jerry Krause. Yeah. Exactly right. All right, before I go down that road again, I'm sure I'll have all offseason to do it. Let's do one last power rankings before the playoffs here. We have done it every week leading up to this, and now our teams are going to dwindle, so we'll obviously have to adapt the power rankings going forward, and we do have a plan for that. One last time this year, let's crank out our top five teams. Let's go in the same order. I will start. We will go to Kevin on the bottom of the triangle like he likes to be, taking Granny Gregory from behind, and then TikTok star Vince to end it off. So (laughs) at number one, I have the Packers. I 
think, again, Aaron Rodgers will be MVP. I think he's the best player on the best team. All right, I'm doing it. Um, I'm putting the Chiefs back at number one. I know they lost, but they weren't playing their horses, and I just feel like this is their time of year. They're going to find a way they can just turn it on, and they're going to turn it on. Chiefs, number one. Uh, so last week I gave you my bottom five, and then the season's over. So, you know, it makes sense to middle give you my top five this week. Uh, you nailed it. I'm giving you my middle five. I'm giving you my most average teams in the NFL, the most boring, unwatchable NFL teams. At number 13, I have the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Purple people eaters. Hey, they have one guy that's exciting to watch. Uh huh. Could have been an eagle. Yeah, it could have been. Could have, should have, would any, any explanation as to why in Minnesota? Just no, I mean Minnesota. Minneapolis is as average as I can think of. They're the most average. Like I went to, I've been to Minneapolis, and it like I was there on a Saturday night, or yeah, it was a Saturday night, and I needed to buy like batteries or something, and there wasn't anything open at seven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most Minnesota thing I've ever heard yep. of. All right, I will move on to my number two. It is the Chiefs, obviously a force to be reckoned with. Defending champs could see them going back-to-back. Patrick Mahomes is this era's LeBron. Aaron Rodgers is Kobe. We'll see if it happens. Chiefs are my number two. Number two for me, uh, MVP-led Green Bay Packers. I feel like their defense is figuring it out, too. Um and my number three team has never been here really before, but the number so I'm not I can't put them at number two. Um, and having home field advantage and the bye, um, and getting to play all the home games at Lambo is a big advantage. So number two for me heading into the playoffs is the Packers. Uh, number fourteen for me is the team we just mentioned, the Los Angeles Chargers. Hey, Jason Garrett. I'm sure if he ends up coach, he will end up back in this power rankings as the most average team to watch. No doubt about that. All right. My number three, I have the Buffalo Bills. I can't think of a hotter team in the NFL right now. They are a buzzsaw. I would not want to play them <laughs> come playoff time. For me, three is the Buffalo Bills as well. Uh, Josh Allen is slinging it right now. He's a lot of fun to watch play football. The only reason I don't have them at two is because of Aaron Rodgers and the experience. Uh, at number 15, I have a team that drafted the fourth best Alabama receiver, the Las Vegas Raiders. I will never eight, eight. be able to that, especially with Devontae Smith being as good as he is. Jerry Judy scored a 92-yard touchdown against them. Perfect. I will never be over the rugs thing. It, it's one of the worst misses in NFL history. I'm sorry. It is. At number four, I have the Saints. They had an easy win against the Panthers where they kind of just half played. I think the Breeze retirement information gives them a little extra incentive. This is clearly it. They're at the end of this window. They have failed until now. This is it. Win this year, or you go into rebuild. I think that gives them a little extra oomph. They are my number four. Number four for me, for all those reasons and more, the Saints as well. Drew Brees is going to try and win it as he rides off into the sunset like Peyton Manning did. Um, and how quickly we forget how hot Alvin Kamara was before he then went on the COVID list. Six touchdowns. And they're going to get Michael Thomas back heading into the playoffs. So putting the Saints at number four. At number 16, 
I have a team that will not be average for long once they get Carson Wentz on the team. The Carolina Panthers. Yeah. I'm very close to being a Panthers fan. The only thing that really is missing at this point is Carson Wentz. I hope he goes there. I have all the other assets there. All right. My number five of the final power rankings is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm riding with them. They have been the big brother to the Cleveland Browns for so long. As good of a story as it is for Cleveland, I have to ride with the Steelers this week. I have the Steelers at fifth in my power rankings. I thought we were going to end with the same brain, three, four, and five, but we're not. Steelers were close to me. I have them at six. Um, But for me, I'm putting Russell Wilson at number five. He's back. At number 17, um, if Kevin had taken the Steelers, I was going to call an audible and just throw the Steelers in here, but he didn't. So I have the uh, Denver Broncos. The AFC West is a force of averageness. They are. It certainly helps the Chiefs when they just run through their division like this every year. They are the new Patriots. They are the new Patriots. Yep. So, you know, they've got everything figured out in Denver but the quarterback. So give me a call. We'll see if we can work something out, John Elway. Well, now John Elway is no longer – they're going to hire a GM now. He's moving up in the world, they said today. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be president. He's going to have final say on everything, but they're going to hire a GM. Just oh, fair. Another team hiring a GM this offseason instead of next one. Hmm. Hmm. You mean you can start the clock before the end of the season on a GM? Who would have not? Who wow. would have not? Wow. Shocking. You mean if you, you don't make the playoffs for five years like the Broncos did, you might want to make a change? You mean if you miss on every draft pick, you might want to change out? Shocking. Hmm. All right, so my five to cap it for the last time. I have Packers at one, Chiefs at two, Bills at three, Saints at four, Steelers at five. Chiefs at one, Packers at two, Bills at three, Saints at four, Russell Wilson at five. I have Vikings at 13, Chargers at 14, Raiders at 15, Panthers at 16, Broncos at 17. And ladies and gentlemen, my wife is an Eagles fan. I am a Cowboys fan for the 147,000th time. That's not going to make the TikTok. Nope. Not going to make it. <laughs> that puts a wrap on the power rankings. That puts a wrap on the show. This was our first season of Birds vs. Boys. Obviously didn't turn out like we thought it would, but it was still quite the ride along the way. So thank you to everybody who listened during the regular season where while our teams were still playing. We will definitely be producing more content and more shows in the offseason. And to cap it tonight... We have a little special presentation from Vince. It's the best of season one from Birds vs. Boys. Thank you again to everybody who listened through the NFL regular season. Go drink stateside vodka. That too. This week, Arthur Wentz compared Jalen Reger to Julio Jones. I am in. I am going off the rails. Let's get it going. Brown cow. Brown cow. How are you, my friend? Good. It is good to be back. And by back, I don't mean doing this podcast. I mean, just back to cynicism and despair in Philadelphia is pretty much where we're at. And it's your fault this time. It is my fault. If we want to jump right into it, we could. Uh, This is all my fault. I am the problem. Of all the dumbest morons on earth, I am the biggest. Of all the idiots in Idiotville, I am the biggest. Last week on this show, 
I bought into the Jalen Reger comparison to Julio Jones. I was for so about hyped. 45 minutes. Yes. For, I said, I probably said uh, 45 times as well that Jalen Reger was Julio Jones. Didn't even take a week, not even seven days. And he got hurt. Unbelievable. Trying to tackle someone off a of Jalen Hurts interception in a scrimmage. Correct? Yes. I am officially in clown territory for Demarcus Lawrence. He is a clown. I don't, I don't want to hear you talking in the offseason anymore. Call me Tank. I'm going to make up for my name, and I'm going to earn being a Tank. You got one tackle last night. One. Ah. You know how many more he had than me? One. One. <laughs> okay. Linebacker. I don't know what we do. I guess you, you wait for Sean Lee and you pray. That is the team you promised me you were going to be this year. I think we should toast it up and cheers it up. Misery loves company. Let's, let's drink a little bit together. You want to, you want to pour them out? Yeah, let's get it. Let's pour it out. I got mine. Are you ready for yours? We'll let the, we'll let the people that are listening, not watching us. We'll let them, I'll do the little. Nice. So what are you going with? All right. I have, um, ammonia. (laughs) I <coughs> oh god yeah so i have ammonia cleaner here i'm gonna pour this and drink bleach ammonia bleach. lemon scent all-purpose cleaner hey at least it might taste okay going down since it's lemon scented it doesn't smell great but i then again neither does new amsterdam i've had plenty of that in my life so I mean, are we are you gonna be alive by the end? Are we gonna get to birds versus boys before you survive? Let's hope not. And as Tony Romo says, I think it's a calf injury. I'm like, oh, maybe okay, yeah, it's a calf. It's, no. it's okay. And then like a half a second later, they move the camera, and I was like, oh god, <laughs> that's not a cramp. I I don't even want to call these guys clowns anymore because I feel like that is it, it is so disrespectful to the clowns around the world. Like circus people are good people calling this Dallas Cowboys team clowns is disrespectful to clown people. K mess with you. And as always, um, well, he's supposed to be here, but if you're watching on YouTube, my co-host Aiden powers is not at his microphone. Aiden, are you there? I'm coming. He's around. (laughs) Oh, Aiden has, hold on. All right, I'm here. Aiden's here. here. All right. And I'm dressed as a mummy, if you're watching on YouTube, because just like mummies, the Eagles are back from the fucking dead. We are back. We were almost dead, but now we're not. And we were kind of dead, and we still might be a little bit dead, but we are back. Happy Halloween from Carson Wentz and me. No sports, just the NFL all weekend, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. They're going to lock Chris Hansen, Chris Hansen, Chris Hansen, Chris Hansen, Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen here of Hansen versus Predators to catch a predator and have a seat with Chris Hansen. Now I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds versus Boys. Aiden, Kevin, remember, I'm Chris Hansen. I catch predators. Scott Hansen does the NFL Red Zone. I'll be watching and listening. (laughs) 
I legitimately am crying from laughing so hard. It's I a good thing you got toilet paper that You got Chris Hansen to do the intro for our podcast. I have no oxygen in my brain right now. <laughs> this podcast has gone totally off the rails in record time. Beans are terrible. Beans are terrible? Yeah. Like what kind of beans? Oh. Any. Cowboys, Eagles, Sunday night football, one of the worst games this season or any season in the history of the NFL. Oh, that's my cue card. K-Mess here with you. And I think Aiden's here somewhere. I'm here. Harry, uh, a couple weeks ago, you had cucumbers on your eyes. You were relaxing. You were living the dream. And now you have a paper bag on your face. It's been that kind of week. Um, so back to the Falcons, who suck and are worse than ISIS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, how did we end the show last week? We did our picks. I said, the Falcons should win this game for I a field goal. So I'm really excited to see how they fuck it up. Yep. And they fucked it up. And they turned the ball. Matt Ryan turned it over three times. I don't know if anyone saw the end of the game, but they were driving down the field to win. Turned it over. The Chargers go back down. They turn it over. New life for the Falcons. They're in field goal range with Young Ho Koo, who's been the number one fantasy player, most accurate kicker in the league, even more accurate than Justin Tucker. Matt Ryan turns the ball over again. They lose on a last-second field goal to the Chargers, who are infamous for blowing games. They have they finally met their match and they somehow even outdid the Chargers. So Bucks six and a half. I can't wait to see how the Falcons screw it up this team this time. But what a disgrace. I'm so you know, I love watching football, but the Falcons are just a disgrace to watch. They should be ashamed of themselves. They're the worst thing that happened to Atlanta since the AIDS pandemic. <laughs> Was that too much? <laughs> So my second game, uh, <laughs> talk to me about Rager. He's dumb. I mean, I know it's mean, but there's nothing to be nice about this team. If you want, if you do, you want truth or do you want, or do you want me to be nice? Remember, I called that. I said, yeah. you know, they're just going to be attracted by the speed and they're going to take rugs. Is he the best receiver? No, but they'll say, wow, he runs four three. We're going to take him. That's what they did. He's not. He wasn't even the best receiver on his own college team, but we're going to take him. He wasn't even the second best receiver on his own college team. He, he, hold on. He wasn't even the third best receiver on his college team. He was the fourth best receiver on his college team. And they took him 11th overall. <laughs> on that, I do find it very ironic that you work out all the time. And once the gym's closed, then you tore your bicep. <laughs> Not even working out either. Not working Well, kind of. All kind of working out. I tore my bicep having sex, people, okay?
lost another one.